Hello, I'm Orlando Bloom, and you're listening to Two Star Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 28 of Two Star Podcast. I'm here with my friend Adam. Hello. Adam, would you like to pray the gay away? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, Dan, you can stay. <laughs> I didn't see that That's coming. Good. I hit him with the old switcheroo <laughs> there. So, uh, it's the 3rd of December. Christmas is upon us. Uh, it's time for festivity and cheer. And to celebrate that, I watched the film San Andreas, starring uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Is he still going by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, or is he just is he dropped The Rock? Uh, you can't drop The Rock. Okay, fair enough. But we established that in the 90s. Yeah, that's true. Stop the rock. So have you ever seen San Andreas? I have uh, not seen San Andreas. Well, I, um, I saw the trailers for San Andreas, but not the film itself. I feel they kind of give the plot away a bit. Well, speaking of giving the plot away, what I'm going to do now is talk you through it scene by scene, just so that you can experience how wonderful and awesome it is. I would go so far as to say it's the best film that's ever been made. In fact, it's just the best thing that's ever been made. Of all the creative industries, regardless of what uh, anything that's come before is not as good as San Andreas, it is incredible. I don't think you're overselling it at all here. I don't think it's possible to oversell this film. It's incredible. It's just it's well, amazing. Fine. So my Shakespeare collection, um, chuck out thirty nine steps. Oh yeah, no, get rid of all that shit. Of San Andreas. Yeah, San Andreas, starring The Rock, um, taking on an earthquake. That's that's all you need, really. So does it's, he like suplex it or something? Well, he does the people's elbow on it from a helicopter. No, I made that up. He doesn't. No, I made that up. He doesn't. <sighs> that's the that's the only possible way the film could be made any better. So there's, I mean, I'd say that I'm going to give you some plot spoilers, but they're not really spoilers because knowing all of the plot in advance is pretty much just as you go into the film anyway. And I, so I think knowing every single step of it wouldn't make it any worse. So that's what I'm going to do. So it starts in the San Fernando Valley. There's a girl an attractive girl, driving along in her, I believe the term is SUV, but we'd call it a Range Rover or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is doing some texting, as you do while you're driving. And because she's texting, a boulder falls off a cliff onto the road in front of her, and then she drives off the side of a canyon. And the car gets stuck because she wasn't paying attention because she was do- too busy texting. So already- Are you sure this is just one of those like um, sort of... V- vaguely public service announcement clips they show before the film starts. Well, it certainly uh, adds a moral element to the story, yeah. Mm. Okay. So don't text because uh, you will drive into a canyon if you are driving near a canyon. So then a helicopter turns up and it's, it's the fire department um, helicopter and there's a lady in there interviewing people for the news and she's talking to the, the, fire, the, the fireman crew and saying, oh, you all used to do army in uh, Afghanistan and that and stuff. And isn't it nice that now you're all firemen together or something, I think. Anyway, it then cuts to the pilot who turns around. It's the bloody rock. Um, that's all the backstory they give him because, frankly, that's all you need. He's the rock. Mm-hmm. So then they're going to rescue this woman and they can't do it because the canyon is too narrow and they can't fly into it. But the rock says, of course I can fucking fly into a canyon, I'm the rock. So he does. And so he drives in, and his mate gets out, he 
um, graph, like uh, slides down the rope to get the girl, but he's a dickhead, so he gets stuck because he is not the rock. So the jock, the rock, stops flying it and says to his mate, "Right, you've got to fly this. I've got to go and do everything for this prick." So he slides down and he grabs the girl seconds before the car plummets to its uh, its death. And the guy who got stuck trying to rescue her is like, "Thank fuck for the rock, yeah." Mm-hmm. Um. The rock, the car doesn't explode when it hits the bottom of the canyon, which is bizarre. Um, I assume they just run out of special effects budget because of all the earthquake that they have to do later on in the film. Also so anyway, that's that's a pretty amazing um, opening scene. It, it gives you the the idea that this guy, all he gives a fuck about is saving people's lives. He, he doesn't care about what you can or cannot fly a helicopter into. He will do it anyway to save a life. So he's a you know he's a pretty pretty good guy. So then it cuts to Paul Giamatti, who is an earthquake scientist, and he's giving a lecture um, at some university somewhere in LA, mm-hmm. and um, he's talking about all these earthquakes that have happened around the world, and is saying you know basically earthquakes are really terrible, and wouldn't it be awful if there was an earthquake? Um, and then his Korean servant comes in, and he shows him this um, data that he's got. And there's been some shit going down in Nevada, but like seismic shit. How you don't have earthquakes in Nevada? There's no fault line. What are they going on about? So they go to Nevada, and then it cuts back to the Rock. He's on his day off, so he's on the phone to his daughter, who is fit, and um, he opens up his divorce papers while he's on the phone to her. So I mean, if you're playing a drinking game of action film tropes. You're going to be plastered by the end of this. It's, but anyway, he's he's just getting a divorce from his wife. Um, and he's meant to be doing something with his daughter, but she's going somewhere with the, the new boyfriend or something. I've forgotten. Um, and the new boyfriend's name is Riddick, and that's not commented on at any point, but I assume it's just a nod to Vin Diesel, because... <laughs> why not? Yeah, why wouldn't you? So, uh, yeah, his daughter's too busy to see him, so he goes into this other room and finds a picture of uh, his dead daughter. Not like when she was alive, not just a picture of her corpse, because that would be odd. So goes back to Paul Giamatti and his uh, Korean manservant. They're at the Hoover Dam doing a bit of science. And um, they're like, oh, hang on a minute. We think we can predict earthquakes because we've got all of this this science happening. And I bet you 10 quid there's going to be an earthquake now. Guess what? Earthquake. So a massive earthquake happens and the dam starts crumbling and like the water's churning and, and uh, Paul Giamatti's like, everyone get off the dam, you've got to get off the dam! And so they're all running off the dam and his Korean friend uh, is running to get off the dam and he sees a little girl just like crying and she's too scared to run. So he doesn't run for his own safety, he goes and picks up the girl and then just as he's about to get to safety... The, like, the dam opens up, so he throws the girl to Paul Giamatti, and he gets a massive fuck-off spike through his foot, uh, so he can't escape. And so he um, says, like, don't look, don't be scared. And then the dam collapses, and he gets washed away, and it's fucking incredible. So, again, the tropes drinking game, you're fucked. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. If you started that, then you were in a coma by now. You've, you, you've drunk way too much. You should have paced yourself. So, uh, The Rock is meant to be going to see his daughter, but suddenly he gets a text saying, there's been a bloody big earthquake in uh, Nevada, in it? So you've got to come in, mate. So he goes to the um, boyfriend's new house and finds out that his wife is going to be moving in with this guy, and so he gets a bit pissed off, you know, as you do in that. Uh, some 
relationship stuff that I wasn't really following because there wasn't any action. So, uh, But then Paul Giamatti is interviewed by the television lady from the helicopter in the first scene, and she's like, what's going on? Why was there an earthquake in Nevada? There's no fault line there. He's like, don't know, mate. Uh, but we now can do the science to predict an earthquake. We know science and that. And this other geezer runs in with a map, and it's gone nuts. There's uh, earthquakes all over the fucking place. And he's like, oh, my God, the whole San Andreas Fault is about to go boom. Um, and they say, well, who should we call? And he goes, everybody. So then they go start phoning everyone, I guess. So uh, The Rock's daughter and Riddick are flying to San Francisco. Um, and he goes to his job. That, uh, he's an architect or something, and she's waiting for him to go and do something. And uh, the most English man in the entire world is there with his sassy younger brother. Is it Benedict Cumberbatch? No, even more English um, and feeble. Um, so she <laughs> starts chatting with him, and the guy's like, oh, I'm here for a lovely job interview. I've got to go and go and see a man. I just want to draw buildings. And um, she she's like going, well, he's fair, definitely wouldn't that. And then um, so he goes off for an interview, and then this tiny little boy um, is... Like is trying to put in a good word, and it's like, oh, I think you should give your phone number to my brother so he can finger you and stuff. And so she's like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. So then it cuts back to the Rock's wife, and she's having dinner with Kylie Minogue on top of a skyscraper. No what? one meant, yeah. Um, I think Actually, Kylie, Kylie Minogue. Well, she's playing somebody like she, uh, she as an actress, not as herself. That would be better. Oh, okay. So he, she's having dinner with Kylie Minogue. Is no, of course, she started out as an actress, didn't she? Uh, yeah, yes. she's basically playing Charlene from Neighbours. Excellent. So uh, The Rock, is he's got to drive his helicopter to its um, MOT so they can then go and help people in Nevada or something. I don't. I think it's like, well, we can't just go because the helicopter needs a wash, so let's mm-hmm. let's get all of that done first, and then we'll, then we'll go there tomorrow. Um, so he calls his wife from the helicopter phone, and she's like, um, oh, I'm up on top of this big tower having my dinner with Kylie Minogue. And suddenly there's an earthquake. So he's flying along and he sees his motorway just collapses. And then all the tables start shaking the restaurant. And he's like, oh my god, there's an earthquake and you're on top of a building. What the fuck are you playing at? You need to go onto the roof. Um, so back in San Francisco, the daughter writes down her phone number. And the small boy goes, I wish I was 20. Presumably because he wants to finger her instead of her brother doing it. Mm. And then suddenly there's an earthquake in San Francisco. And the daughter has like left and got in the car with this Riddick bloke, and they try to drive away from the sky from the earthquake in this car park, but they can't. And the roof falls down on this on the car, and it, she gets trapped, and the driver's dead. So he's like trying to get her out and stuff, and like trying to pull her out, and he can't because of of a building fell on the car. And uh, she's like, "No, don't leave me." He's like, oh, "I've got to go and get help." And then he goes up to get some help, um, but there's another earthquake or something else falls down and his shoe falls off and he's like, fuck this, I'm off. So he runs away. His um, shoe falls off? Yeah. He, yeah. It's like, okay. fucking hell, if my shoes aren't safe, I'm not safe. I'm off. Mm. So he, he buggers off uh, and the Englishman goes, oh, 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 but you, you can't just run away and leave her there. But So he, like, off, off he goes to try and save her. Um, so then the rock is flying the helicopter towards the skyscraper and he sees a Hollywood sign fall over. And all of the buildings fall over. Like every building in LA just falls over. Mm-hmm. And inside the inside the skyscraper, mm. there is chaos. There's a woman falls in a pond. 
Kylie Minogue um, like goes through a door and then just falls out of the building. A chef just bursts into flames for no reason at all. It is <laughs> carnage. Right. So the wife's like just saying to everybody, you've got to get to the roof, you've got to get to the roof. But they're all trying to run down the stairs because why would you go to the roof? There's an earthquake on it, don't you know? Um, and she gets there and then like all the floors start falling down and she's like bashing down like floor after floor. And uh, she, her ear hurts and like she goes a bit deaf in that. So then the rock arrives in his helicopter, but the building, um, the roof of the building just goes on fire. Uh, all the concrete catches on fire, and he's like, "Oh my god, you've got to, you've got to get into this helicopter." So he puts his helicopter on um, something called Hov, which I assume is just like a hover thing that helicopters have. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he like goes to get get his wife, and the building next door to that building falls over, nearly hits it. So she starts running and jiggling a lot. There's a massive <laughs> amount of jiggling in this film. <laughs> so then the building falls down there's a massive dust cloud and he's like oh no she's not there but he pulls up the rope and she's there and it's great and so they get in the helicopter another building nearly falls over and hits the helicopter the door falls off they get hit by a bit of rock they fly away they don't try to save anybody else or anything they just start flying away oh, and the daughter phones him up and she's like oh help I'm stuck in a car a building fell on the car and she's like oh god um nobody's going to be digging to save people. They're going to be too busy like saving people on the surface and stuff, so they're not going to help my daughter. So I'm going to f- abandon all of these people in LA who need um, a huge amount of help from you know this helicopter. Uh, I'm just nicking the helicopter. We're going to fly to San Francisco just to get the daughter, which is you know what any reasonable human being would do. Obviously. So the roof starts falling on a bit more in the car, and the Englishman turns up, and he can't. He's trying to lift up the roof, but he can't because he's feeble and an Englishman. So he gets the jack out of the car, and he's like trying to jack up the roof, but he can't. So then he slashes the tires, and that makes it so that she can get out, and her legs aren't trapped anymore for some reason. So he pulls her out, and she's like, and then suddenly, like the car gets flattened completely, um, and she's like, "Oh my god, you saved me! This is wicked!" And then Paul Giamatti's doing some science, and he's like. It's not over. There's going to be another earthquake in a minute. So he goes to find some nerds to hack into the TV. So the daughter, yeah. So the daughter um, says, right, we need to go and find an electronics shop so I can phone my dad again. And they do. And the little boy finds a laser, like a a green laser pointer, which is definitely not going to be relevant to the plot later on. So it's not made a big thing of. It's not like he doesn't point it and go, look, isn't this a brilliant laser? I'm definitely going to keep this for later on because I I might not need it. I mean, who knows? But it's very much Chekhov's gun. Mm. So he finds a laser. Um, I've got a good joke about Chekhov's gun. Um, it's I uh, keep asking my mate Jack, Chekhov if I can borrow his gun, but he says he's going to need it later. <laughs> anyway, right, so they've got Chekhov's laser. Uh, she manages to find a phone and phones up the rock on the helicopter phone again. And she says, oh, I got out, but um, I don't know what's going to happen. So he says, you need to go to this massive tower, which they describe as a big nozzle. Um, I don't know what tower it is Um, and he's like well we're going to come and get you we're going to fuck off all these people who are here and might need help I'm going to steal this very very useful helicopter that the fire brigade might need and I'm going to fly up to San Francisco to come and get you so it cuts to a shot of the Golden Gate Bridge which is conspicuously still intact Mm. Um, there's quite a few of those sorts of shots pretty much every time they go to San Francisco it's like oh look the Golden Gate Bridge is still there I wonder if anything's bad going to happen to that so then there's another earthquake and it makes this massive wind happen and like this wind is blowing along rocks and buildings and stuff and um, the bo- the mum's boyfriend who abandoned the girl 
uh, sees a man like hiding behind a uh, like a, a wall, and he grabs this man and pushes him into the, the earthquake and hides there himself. So he's just like, "You die, I live. This is fine." Um, so then the Rock and his wife um, have a bit of a chat about their dead daughter, um, and sorry, how did the daughter die? Oh well, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll come on to this. This is like um, okay, yeah, a dead daughter who had it's. Uh, I think her middle name is MacGuffin. Okay. But she um yeah she she is uh, dead but they went to San Francisco once and they say um oh it's ironic we're going back to back to San Francisco like we did all those years ago and he goes yeah it was a fun trip and you almost expect um the rock to say well let's make this one more fun but that would be inappropriate cuz they're going to save their daughter from an earthquake so um but anyway the the helicopter then just explodes <coughs> um and he's like, oh, God, the, the gearbox is broken from when that building nearly hit us. So he has to crash land at a shopping center. And the way you crash land a helicopter, apparently, is to plummet down and then pull up and then plummet down and pull up. And it looks like a massive amount of fun. Um, but then he's nearly going to land on somebody. So he has to, like, um, swerve at the last minute. They go spinning into a shop. Um, and they crash into this shop. And there's petrol leaking all over the place. So they have to run away from the helicopter which then fails to explode as well, even though there's petrol all over the place. So that's quite disappointing. But they see a car, and he's like, well, I'm going to steal this car. Um, and a man points a gun at him and says, I need that car. Uh, so the rock grabs the gun out of the man's hand and punches him with the gun. Nice. And uh, But it's okay, because that man was like robbing shops, so it's okay for the rock to steal his car um, and leave him to his death. That's fine, because he was a robber. So meanwhile, Paul Giamatti is back in, uh, he's got the nerds, they've hacked into the, the internet um, and the television, and he manages to like, broadcast on every channel, and he says, it's all going to kick off now, guys, there's going to be another big earthquake. Um, if you're in San Francisco, basically don't be, because you will die. So then they're driving along in, in the car that the rock stole, and they see these old people like waving at them, um, and they just ignore them. But then they nearly drive into the San Andreas Fault, which has opened up. So they go back to these old people and say, oh, thanks for telling us about the San Andreas Fault that nearly opened up, nearly drove into that. How can we get round it? And the man goes, you can't. It's the fucking San Andreas Fault, mate. It's opened. What What do you think? You're going to jump over or something? Don't be stupid. But then the rock sees this guy's hat, and the hat says um, like something about aeroplanes. He's like, oh, where'd you get your hat? So it's like, okay, fine. You, you're talking about hats now instead of... Um, like trying to get round, but oh wait, I see aviation club. You're going to go and steal a plane. So that's what he does. So they give these old people um, their stolen car, and they go and steal a plane instead. Right. And while they're flying, uh, the Rock has a bit of a think about his dead daughter, and you find out that she drowned. Um, and he like tried to save her because they were on a uh, like a raft together, and he couldn't do it because um, I don't know, he just didn't. Um. So then. Uh, they they're flying along. Cuts back to San Francisco. The daughter like steals a load of stuff from an ambulance. Um, don't really know why. Uh, and then the Englishman um, like jumps up on a car and he sees this big place that they're meant to be going to, but it's all on fire. So he says, "I think there's a problem with that big nozzle you were talking about," which is brilliant because like, it's his dick. Um, and then even better, they say, "Well, we need to go to high ground. Let's go to Knob Hill." Um, and you see the Golden Gate Bridge in the background still intact so the rock, they get to San Francisco and he's like um, yeah funny story I can't land this plane because there isn't a runway here and it's going to run out of petrol 
So what we're going to do is we're going to parachute out of this aeroplane uh, and land on a football pitch. So they do. <laughs> uh, and then there's another earthquake, and it's the biggest that's ever happened in the world, ever. And a bridge falls down, but it's not the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. Um, and then the Englishman, like a, a massive lump of glass, like lands in his dick or something. So he's got this massive shard of stuff coming out of his leg, and she pulls it out and then wraps a uh, top around it and stuff, which is you know a good plot device to get her into a skimpy vest top. Um, so the Rock says, "Yeah, it's going to be a tsunami now because yeah, actual the- movie tropes. You're actually dead at this point." Oh yeah, yeah. You've, you've um, given yourself liver failure about an hour ago. Okay. Uh, so the Rock says there's going to be a tsunami now because that's what happens when there's earthquakes. So they steal a boat and then they drive underneath the Golden Gate Bridge, which is still intact. And then up ahead, they see the tsunami coming towards them, and they're like, "Oh shit! What are we going to do? We'll drive up the tsunami." So they drive this boat like up the side of this <laughs> vertical wall of water, and there's other boats there as well, and they're like falling over and trying, like nearly making it, but not quite. It's like, "Oh, we're going to make it! We're going to make it! Yes, we're going to make it!" And then suddenly a cargo ship comes over the top of the tsunami and they nearly get hit by shipping containers which are falling off, so they have to swerve, but they do make it up over the top of the tsunami. It's wicked. Um, then the container ship like goes up on end because it falls over the edge of the, the, the crest of the wave and it smashes into the Golden Gate Bridge and all the containers are falling off and the mum's boyfriend uh, is there on the Golden Gate Bridge and a container lands on him and it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> so he's dead, but he was a bad guy, so no one cares. Um, so tsunami uh, washes over San Francisco. Everyone's dead, even some old people who like see it coming and then hold hands and stuff. And it's, it's very sad. Just everyone is dead. There's a, this massive like super yacht just floating into town, getting stuck halfway up a building and all kinds of shit. It's crazy. Um, so the Rock's daughter has like gone to this um, big building which um, the mum's boyfriend was making, and it ha- it's not finished yet. But like, they go up to a nice high floor. Um, and the sea like washes up and it goes up to their floor and they get a bit wet, but they're still basically okay. But then the, the building starts sinking, uh, so they need. Oh, we need to go upstairs a bit. So the Rock is driving the boat. He drives it into downtown, past all this wreckage and stuff. Doesn't stop to like, help anyone or anything. Um, and uh, it's like, oh, we need to find her. Where's she going to be? Well, she's bright. She'll have gone to a big tall building, won't she? So let's drive to this big tall building. Um, and the daughter's bandaging up the Englishman's dick. Uh, they start getting off with each other. The little boy comes in and he's like, oh, hey, what are you, what are you up to? Woohoo! Like that. Um, mm-hmm. so, but then like, he goes to the window and he sees the, the rock coming along. And he's like, oh, I can see some people outside the window. There's some people in a boat. And uh, the daughter runs along, jiggling a lot. And uh, she goes, oh, that's my dad, that's my dad. Hey, we're safe. We, we're in this building. And, oh, but he can't see us. Good job we found a laser earlier. Let's shine this laser at the boat. So they shine this laser at the boat. It doesn't explode. Um, but then they realise, oh, there, there she is. Isn't it great? Like Nobody else. No living soul for miles around. But there's there's my daughter and two inexplicable Englishmen. Uh, so the rock goes into the building. Um, and she's like, the, the water starts coming up because the building's starting to sink a bit more and she gets trapped and he's like, oh fuck, not this again. I'm not having another daughter drowning. That would be really embarrassing. So he goes into the building. He's trying to save her, but he can't because there's a door um, and he can't open it. So she drowns right in front of him and she's like, oh, this, I'm going to die. Fucking let another daughter drown, you prick. And then he realizes that he can open the door after all. So he goes and gets her body. 
Uh, and he takes her upstairs and he's like doing CPR and his wife sees this through the window and she's like, fuck, not again. So she drives the boat through the window and uh, they all get onto the boat. And just as they drive out of the building, it completely sinks and, um, you know, just, just is gone. Uh, so the, the rock, like he's, he's giving her CPR on the boat and he can't save her. So he, he like gives up and looks at the sky a bit and he says, no, fuck that. Not today. So he tries again. And then she just comes back to life. So it's fine. Um, so then they go to like this survivors camp, and um, they haven't like saved anybody else at this point. Um, but they they're like looking at the wreckage and stuff, and then there's a, a the sun's coming out and stuff, and they're looking around, and he's like, "Yeah, all right, English boy, you you've done well. You can finger my daughter if you like." Uh, American flags all over the place. Nobody mentions the dead uh, boyfriends, the Rock and his wife back together again, and uh, she goes, "What now?" And the Rock like looks at the wreckage and goes. Now we rebuild. End film. So, okay. This seems to me to have been a film primarily detailing The Rock's incredibly selfish behaviour that doubtless led to the deaths of hundreds of innocent people. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the fire brigade wouldn't have needed that helicopter for saving, like, you know, hundreds and thousands of other people. And he doesn't have the skills to do that. So, um, yeah, it makes sense. how, How big was the boat that they stole? Uh, it was only sort of like a little speedboat. They could have fit like you know ten or so people on. So it's not even worth bothering to try, really. Well, no, you're right. It's understandable. Um, but yeah, <coughs> nonetheless, it does sound like. Yeah, I mean, it is without a doubt the best film ever made, and I think uh, I think The Rock won Best Lead Actor Oscar for I think. Oh, it was definitely nominated. Yeah, I mean, if he didn't win it, then he should have. Wait, when did the film come out? It was this year. So, no, yeah. no, it'll be it'll be the Oscars in January, won't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been nominated. Yeah, I mean, I can't understand why he wouldn't be, because uh, it is the best film of all time. Excellent. Well, okay. thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, you're very welcome. Anyway, that's, that's what I did with my week. Fantastic. Um, well, my week was exciting because uh, I found out that uh, I'm a terrorist sympathiser now. Oh, well done. Yeah. Should we, um, have you reported yourself? Well, you see, the thing is, I didn't think I was. Mm. But then David Cameron said that anybody who didn't want to wank themselves into a frenzy over the thought of bombing Syria was a terror sympathiser. What, you're saying that you don't think that they should bomb Syria? What, well, you, I'm, I'm just what, not... You reckon it won't help or something stupid like that? You fucking... Stop being a terrorist sympathiser. Well, this is the point. I Like, I didn't realise it, but... You know, now that I've kind of had a bit of time to reflect on it, it's just it's staring me in the face. Yeah. I, I'm obviously a terrorist sympathiser. Well, it's common sense, really. How do you get rid of terrorism? You bomb the fuck out of it. It's worked countless times over the last 15 years. I don't see why it wouldn't work now. So, mm. obviously, I'm a little concerned about this. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm worried about what other thing, what things I might have done to aid terrorism without realising it. Um, because it was obviously very much a, a subconscious thing. Um, it have to be really. I can't really see you with a beard or a turban. It, it just well, that's just you see. That's just needless stereotyping. Yeah, you, know, I mean, you just, could be an IRA sympathizer and just have a dodgy accent and yeah, wear, like, a, wear a. To be fair, hat. Cameron didn't. Cameron didn't specify. Like he just mm. simply said, we "We're terror sympathizer, not that we were aligned with any particular <laughs> uh, ideology." Um, so I did a bit of reading. Um, I found a very useful document that's been put out by uh, Camden Borough Council uh, to help people spot signs of uh, radical uh, terrorist behaviour uh, in their kids. Um, which is it, does, 
does uh, sitting around in your pants eating crisps and playing on the computer feature? It doesn't, unfortunately. Oh, well, then um, I would have had no clues about you. It, this mm. is the thing. So I just want to give you some of the, the, the signs and, and, you know, just see if if it kind of sort of clicks into place for you. So um, first one is uh, out-of-character changes in dress, behaviour and changes in the friendship group. Um, have you got any new friends? Not really. They've been wearing. Very upset. You've been wearing dresses. Uh, well, no more than usual. No. Well, that is a new T-shirt, I think. It's not. Yeah, it's not one I've seen before. No. Okay, so that's that's a hit on that one. Um, Point two: uh, losing interest in previous activities and friendships. Well, you didn't really have any interest in any activities or friendships before, anyway, though, did you? No. So that one kind of goes by the wayside. Yeah. Mm. Secretive behaviour and switching screens when you come near. <laughs> well, that's just because you're wanking all the time. <laughs> it's just normal behaviour for just people. Constantly looking at porn. Um, so the, th- those are the more general signs that could be completely innocent, um, but could be signs of terrorism. Now, the more specific signs of terrorism and radicalization are owning mobile phones or devices that you haven't given to them. That I haven't given to you. Yeah, so neither of you have given me a mobile phone or a tablet, but I've got one of each on my desk. Have. Well, where the hell did they come from? Well, I, I, can, only assume, I can only assume that they're burner, fo- burner devices provided by my terrorist associates. Yeah, it must be. I don't have any memory of it, but like, the evidence is overwhelming. Do Well, no, but then that, you know I wouldn't, because you've got to compartmentalise that knowledge, so that if you get questioned, you can't reveal it. Presumably, it's not it's a good. Nokia 3210, because... No. If you if you blew yourself up, then that would survive intact with all the phone. Yeah, you wouldn't want to risk it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next up is showing sympathy for extremist causes. Well, you are quite pro ginger. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, advocating extremist messages. Uh, that my well, little pony thing qualifies ten thousand times over. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. Um, no. Okay, next, glorifying violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, play, uh, that kind of goes without saying. Yeah, you, you, you love violence, don't you? Yeah. Um, okay, accessing extremist literature and imagery. Yeah, probably. That's I mean, porn. It, yeah. it, well, extreme porn isn't really extremist, but it is. Isn't it? it is pretty extreme. Mm. Um, showing a mistrust of mainstream media reports and belief in conspiracy theories. Um, no, I mean you trust all of the mainstream media. You don't think there's ever uh, an agenda with any of them. So no, I, think, I, I, think... I accept it all unquestioning. Yeah, um, um, but you know, it's it's never going to be a hundred percent fit. This this profiling, it's, no, it's um, just yeah. a general idea. Um, it depends what then... they're defining as conspiracy theories, because some people ridiculously say, like, you know, that nine eleven was done by lizards. They say that's a conspiracy theory when clearly it's just very obvious to anyone with a brain. Yeah, that's mm. that's yeah, exactly. Um, the final one is appearing angry about government policies, especially foreign policy. No, you're pretty chilled. Uh, you're pretty happy with all of that stuff, yeah. So, I mean, a couple there that you know I didn't didn't fit up to, but I think really you're kind of eight out of ten terrorist here, aren't you? Yeah, I can't really argue with it. Uh, I think no. not only am I a terrorist sympathiser, but it looks like I've been radicalised. Yeah, I think pretty much everyone on Twitter has been radicalised by that logic. Yeah. I, do, I can easily believe that everyone on Twitter has been radicalised or yeah. is pretty radical. It's quite a bold uh, strategy to say anyone who's angry with the government is a terrorist. Yeah, especially if they're angry, uh, angry about their foreign policy. Yeah, I mean, if the foreign policy wasn't so <coughs> horrific, 
fewer people would be angry about it. Yeah. Um, you know what this did remind me of, though? I opened it up, and it's, you know, about 8 out of 10 similar for um, the fundamentalist Christian screeds, is your child masturbating? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, uh, that, that... Fucking foreign policy, just as they're climaxing. <laughs> that's... Okay, that's... That's a very that's specific fetish. No we, we will have an anger wank. <laughs> About foreign policy. Well, yeah. I thought it was me that was going to be bringing down the tone today. Never mind. Whatever happens to be making you angry at that time, really. <laughs> the blandest wank ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're in a good mood, then they're <laughs> rubbish, aren't they? <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, You've probably turned yourself in. Well, you see, the thing is, I don't... I don't know if I can. Like, there's there's not a lot of evidence against me, as far as I'm aware. I haven't actually done anything yet. Uh, like, not that would aware. stop them. Yeah, but uh, I mean, all, all you need to do is think about it, and then that's uh, that's committing a crime. Yeah, right? but I don't want to be like extradited to Guantanamo Bay or anything. Yeah. Um, do they know? have Skype what's in Guantanamo Bay? I don't think so. It would fuck the podcast. It up. would a bit, wouldn't it? I was going to say, if, if, I mean, if if they had Skype there, then it would make literally no difference to my life. So no. I'd be happy to. So, so I've got, I've got two options as far as I see it. One is try and get out now, kind of before I do anything too terrible, and we'll get uh, out just, of the terror cell. Yeah, put this oh, all right. behind me. Break all ties with whoever these people are who are providing me with burner phones and yeah. and trying to radicalise me, um, and and just you know go back to my normal life. But you could go, or, on, you could go on the government anti radicalisation program, couldn't you? Yeah, which is just or, basically just they, I go they all sit in. you down and yeah, oh yeah, that, that might be more fun actually. And just like because at the moment it's, I've been very wishy washy about it. I hadn't even realised that I was doing these things. Yeah. So that's my other option is just all in. Go for it. I'd imagine um, flights to Syria are probably quite cheap at the moment. I mean, I imagine they're probably yeah. quite hard to get. You have to, I, I think you have oh, to like, yeah, fly to like Turkey or something and then walk across the border. Mm. I don't think that could end badly, could it? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I could. It'd be I nice to have a holiday. Use. I hear there's some very historic locations around there that they need. Well, to there were. Oh, well, you, yes. Yeah, but I mean, you, you could go and see some more, um, and you'll be one of the last people to see them. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point. That that's a hell of a story to tell your kids. Like, you know, mm. you're the last person to see it before you push the plunger. And yeah, yeah. And then, well, uh, I, assume, I assume that's still how explosives work. I would. I can't. Oh. Yeah, the massive um, drum of cable. Roll it out. Push down the plunger. Yeah. Thing goes up. Cool. <coughs> you might even get a free like wife or something when you're out there. Twenty quid. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. I'm not doing that. What's twenty quid? A flight 20 to Syria? Quid. No, no, it's twenty quid to go on the the safeguarding against radicalism uh, thing. Well, fuck it. Who who the hell's getting that money? I, I don't know. Probably it's me probably learning. Going, it's probably going to terrorists. Oh, it's probably an e terrorists. Oh, there's an e learning course. Yeah, it is quite funny that the government has subcontracted out their anti radicalization program. It, it's it's quite telling. Twenty pounds for a license to go on an e learning course about safeguarding against radicalization. I smell a Kickstarter coming on. Um, well, it can't really be worse, can it? To be fair, this seems much more about like this. This seems like the sort of course you two need to go on to, yeah. to help stop so, me from being radicalised. Yeah. Mm. So, well, I mean, you have been radicalised. We need to. It, it will. Yeah, to uh, deprogram me and it'll teach you how. Teach us how to take you down. I think. 
Yeah. I can't really be asked to pay 20 quid to save you from being radicalised. It seems like a lot for not very much gain. It's quite a lot, yeah. Mm. If it was... It's like a nice big pizza and a, a bottle of Coke. Yeah, I'd probably pay up to maybe £6.70. Again, uh, we could crowdfund this. And also, it takes an hour. I mean, that's that's quite a long time, yeah. isn't it? I think it's I probably... Like five times in an hour. Yeah. I think the safest thing to do is probably just to write you off and uh, mm. deny all knowledge. I mean, I hear that the um, the terrorists are very good at the old social media, so um, you should be able to do the podcast from there. And you could be true. like Ant-Man in Syria. It'll be uh, a massive yeah, angle that's true, podcast. Yeah, yeah I, I could do reports. I could, I could be an embedded terrorist. Yeah. Hmm. Dan, I just need to run you some legal questions by you. Uh, we might take this offline, but I, just to make sure we're covered, um, yeah. I, I don't think it would come back on us. I think we'd be fine with that if we were, if one of our uh, co-hosts was um, in Syria with ISIS. I think we'd have to pretend that we didn't realise, and we just assumed that he was in like a sandpit or something. Yeah, that's probably. So we best. could say it was a spoof for comedy purposes, which we didn't. We didn't okay. know he was actually going through with it. Yeah, no one will believe us because comedy, but mm. that doesn't really matter. But also, it'll get the podcast name into the news. Mm, true. So, and Dan right. wouldn't have to commit a murder. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, you still could, but... Well, you no, know, I must, I must, that would be amazing! The, the, the ultimate episode of the podcast would be me taking down Adam oh, in yeah. Syria. Yeah. Adam's on his way to commit an atrocity. Uh, you take him down, and I just sort of make some um, some snarky comments about it. Well, you know, you you do the classic filming on 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 a on a mobile phone, so we'd have the like all the genuine shaky cam and all that, and do like running commentary or something. Okay, be, if Adam, if you could be planning your atrocity within about fifteen miles of Leeds, that would be that would be help me quite a lot. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I can. I can't really help. be going to uh, you know other countries and stuff. <coughs> I'll see what I can do. Um, I'll have to do some research. Yeah. I mean, are there any terrorist targets around Leeds? I can't imagine that anyone's particularly wanted to blow up Hull. Um, well, the benefit of going to Hull would be that if we failed to take Adam down, well, if you failed to take Adam down and he did blow it up, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, I was going to make that joke, and I just thought it was a bit mean, but I'm, I'm glad we went there. Well, I, I've been to Hull, so... <laughs> yes. All right, well, um, I'm sorry to hear about your um, radicalisation and brainwashing, Adam, but, um, you, you know, you've been playing computer games for a while. It was bound to happen. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it is the, the go-to communications medium for today's modern terrorist, so... Mm. Just think, guess, 15 years ago, you could have been inducted into playing Dungeons & Dragons and become a Satanist by accident, so... Um, that would have been much cooler. Well, Satanism it's... is much... Uh, is better than um, you know, radical Islam, I think. Not yeah. well, not necessarily better, I don't, I don't but know. Satanism's kind of a bit lame. It just has, it has. I think it has more cachet being like you know Satanist than being a, a, a jihadi terrorist. Yeah, you, it's, it's a bit retro. Have you not seen their I mean, magazines and stuff? What they're, they're Satanists? Like, no, the the jihadists. No, of course I haven't seen the jihadist magazine. Do they have like lots of stock photos of like people in like suicide vests and stuff? They yes, have, they have recipes. I've no idea, actually. I've only ever seen the front cover on the news, but... Um, I might download one. Nothing bad could possibly happen <laughs> as a result of that. I suspect we're already on the watch list anyway, in fairness. Yeah, I mean, look, at, at the worst, we're going to get some extra listeners. I mean, the fact they're all sat around a table in GCHQ uh, isn't ideal, but it's, you know, 
a listener's a listener, isn't it? And here's an ear. I consider this more act of civil disobedience. The idea mm. that there is some poor analyst in G- GCHQ sitting here listening to this thinking, oh my fucking God, what have I done with my life to deserve this? Yeah. is actually quite entertaining. He or she yeah. probably thought they were going to be James Bond and mm. now they're just sat down at a desk listening to this shit. Yeah, they, they, it's, it's, you, just, you can just imagine, like, you know, they fucked up some assignment and it's like, right. You've got because to of this, to yeah, your assignment... Is to sit and listen through a series of mediocre podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I'll tag it with um, Syria and ISIS just to make their life a little bit easier finding it. Mm. Um, but I mean, whoever you are, uh, if you could um, review us on iTunes, that would be a big help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, genuine GCHQ. Like, 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 and subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure. The problem is they probably sure. can't admit that they're from GCHQ on iTunes. Oh no, well, I wouldn't expect. No, they use an alternate but... account. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Just um, like time. not a spy, or well, it's not even spying, is it? It's just snooping. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So anyway, Dan, what, what are you going to tell us about, or I don't know, what, what you brought to this? What have I brought to this? Um, so I was reading a Ponzi article about cooking the other day because uh, I like cooking and I like food, and it was basically laughing at everyone from the fifties because they ate completely shit food. In that, you know, all the fifties recipes were basically buy some pre-wrapped, pre-cooked chicken, shove some Campbell's mushroom soup over the top of it, shove it in the oven, congratulations, you've done oak cuisine. And I thought that because everyone basically likes laughing at the people who came before them for being primitive and stupid, I was wondering how people in the future were going to laugh at us for being primitive and stupid. Well, presumably there'll be a historian somewhere listening to this podcast. Yeah. Again, poor sucker, probably fucked up in his job somewhere, but still. Yeah. But yeah, so um, obviously that there's a lot of there's a lot of this healthy and organic and other crap going around, and um, I tried some kale recently, and frankly, as far as I'm concerned, people deserve to laugh at me for pretending that kale is in some way nutritious, healthy, or in any way worth eating. So I'm kale not is sure is, what kale is. It's like spinach, isn't it? It's some bizarre cross between spinach and cabbage, with all of the bad features of both. It's curly, and Irish people eat it in mashed potato. That's all I know. Holy mm. fuck. Wikipedia's just given me a half-page advert for funding them. Uh, go away so I can read the article. Thank you. Uh, it's a vegetable with leaves, and it's a bit like wild cabbage. Hmm. So it is basically the singularly most uninteresting food in the history of food, and yet it is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and we should be having it in smoothies, on toast, in mashed potato, and basically everywhere yeah it's weird that a vegetable can like go through a popularity phase isn't it because mm. it how long has kale existed for like thousands of years and suddenly yep. people with beards have picked up on it and they're instagramming it and suddenly everyone wants kale but, yeah i mean they wouldn't do that with sprouts would they that'd be insane well i, I don't know maybe sprouts will be next year's food no no chance it has to be something that nobody's ever heard of before, so it's going to That's be like, true, yeah. like um, quinoa. I don't. Even, quinoa. I, I was sent to the Sainsbury's to buy some quinoa for something because apparently me and my wife are cunts now, and <laughs> I didn't even know where to look. Like, <coughs> I don't. I just. I don't know. So I looked like with rice and stuff because I wouldn't want to say I'd learned nothing from the whole polenta debacle of two thousand and eight, <laughs> um, but. It, yeah, I just I couldn't find it, and I was fucked if I was going to ask somebody where it was. 
So did so, you literally have to comb the entire supermarket? And... No, I just gave up and told them I didn't have it and used something less poncy. Fair enough. Good call. But, I mean, we didn't really know what it was, so we didn't know what to substitute it with. So I think in the end we used lentils, because... Uh, yeah, it is, it's some sort of seed I think it's that sort pulse, of a thing, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, uh, it's, it, it's designed to trick you, isn't it? Because it's spelt quinoa, mm. and... I, every time somebody comes into Waitrose and asks where the quinoa is, the staff will have a little smug laugh to themselves, the pricks. Well, I presume, actually, Waitrose being Waitrose, they'll just throw them out for not being middle class enough. Well, actually, no. Waitrose are really nice and friendly. It would really? be, Yeah. I like going to Waitrose. I can't afford to go, but, you know, every now and then I like to splash out. And it's nice just to be able to ask somebody where something is, and they will tell you or find out and take you there rather than just, like, well, which is well, what the, you get in Asda. Guildford being Guildford, they've just opened a massive Waitrose, and I haven't been yet. So, um, mm. yeah, but they've also opened a massive Aldi. So, yeah, I haven't been there either. Going, yet, to, like, going to Aldi and Lidl is weird. It's like going into a supermarket on holiday because you rec- you know, you know what all the stuff is, but you don't recognise anything. It just feels odd and unsettling. And mm. like, well, I want to buy some butter. This has got. A picture of a cow on it. It could be butter, I don't know. It probably is, but I mean it could be anything, frankly. And uh, it's just it's just makes me very anxious. Hmm. Yes. I prefer to stick to good old Asda where uh, I know I'm scum, they know I'm scum, I know <laughs> they're scum, everyone is scum, and we all just get on with our lives. Yeah. Can't argue it, with that. It's a much more British way of doing it when mm. you just go into a public area and you can just entirely legitimately hate everyone there and wish they were somewhere else. Absolutely. I like to go into Tesco's every now and then and just snigger at them and say, how the mighty have fallen, and just watch <laughs> all the staff sobbing and uh, like making up numbers. And uh, yeah, lots of fun. I have always wondered, it might it must be very interesting to work in a place that's so nakedly cooking the books. Like, is there like, do they have like secret meetings where everyone goes, Right, okay, shut the door, lads. Now, remember, we fucked this up completely and we need to write some completely new accounts. Everyone get your creative hats on, start making up some numbers. I think they, they pretty much declared it open season on nicking 10 quid out of the till, didn't they? Mm. Like, well, yeah. you know, there's no... The numbers aren't going to add up exactly. anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. I'll just say, well, we'll just add it into the accounts, don't matter. Help mm. yourself, go nuts. Happy Christmas. <laughs> well, not really, but yes. Hmm. And uh, Morrison's is is just a depressing affair, isn't it? Do we have oh. many Morrison's down south? No, I don't. Uh, think, they uh, don't really do. They don't really do Morrison's down south. It's a bit of a northern thing, and uh, it's yeah, it's just. A, <coughs> I, it's very much uh, as if you have walked into a, a time machine and gone to the nineteen seventies, but with all of the you know horrific, depressing shit that goes with that. And they go, oh, we're, we're all about fresh produce. Like, everyone's about fucking fresh produce, mate. Get over yourselves. <laughs> yes. They did Looking used to have there, um, right. jalapeno swirls, though, and then they stopped doing them, so they deserve to go under, frankly. Mm. I'll, uh, I'll take you to Morrison's next time you come up here. Tremendously exciting. We like mm. the safari. Yeah. Go and see. Excellent. So uh, you, just, you just wanted to talk about shopping and recipes. Well, it was, also, it's interesting with the fifties recipes because you would have thought that, like post-war rationing, wasn't a thing anymore. They could have gone nuts, <coughs> and they're still just saying, "Well, it's um, spam, I suppose." Uh, but they, I mean, yeah. On the other hand, though, if you'd spent like you know nearly ten years cooking stuff using like whatever you could 
come to to get hold of. I suppose they did have a massive amount of spam stockpiled. And, uh, yeah, exactly. You got to shift it somehow. Yeah, they've they've nearly shifted it all. I think there's still a little bit going around the supermarkets from the forties. Yeah, I had a Frey Bentos pie once. That comes in a tin. It was actually what, quite Frey nice. Mm. Was it actually any good? I've always yeah, wanted to try one, but I've never been quite courageous enough. Uh, yeah, it was nice. I was a bit disappointed because I thought it'd be horrific and I thought it'd be quite funny to eat something disgusting. But then I was not disappointed because it tasted nice. Yeah, okay. So I won, basically. It can't be that bad because they actually stock it in Sainsbury's. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if Sainsbury's stocks something, then uh, then it should be fine. Sainsbury's is just sort of the average uh, mead, bland mean of supermarkets, mm. isn't it? Yep. Not too cheap, not too expensive, and orange, which is the right. average colour, I think. It's kind of the opposite of green, because a lot of the other ones are green. Like yeah. Marcus's, Waitrose's, and Aldi's. It's weird how many supermarkets are green, isn't it? Tesco's is blue. There isn't a red supermarket, is there? I'd, if I was opening a supermarket, I'd definitely use red. Green has got to be a red supermarket. Well, I mean, Tesco's has got a bit of red in it, but they're, they're more blue, really, aren't they? As yeah, does green. Morrison's is yellow. I mean, Morrison's can just fuck off. Uh, Aldi yeah. and it'll shun our ridiculous British uh, assigning of colour to supermarkets. Mm. And, um... No, you're right. So, yeah, but blue... So, yeah, orange. I suppose orange is the opposite of green, isn't it? Mm. It's interesting when you think about how many things have opposites. Like, what's the opposite of a cat? Something that gives a fuck. It's a dog, isn't it? Was that the opposite? Of course suppose, it is. Yeah, because dogs do give a fuck, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, what's the opposite of a cow? A steak, no. Um, a horse, come on. It's easy. What's the opposite okay. of a crocodile? Uh, Stephen Irwin. An alligator, come on. This is easy. Come on, Dan, this is basic. Come on, Adam, <laughs> you join in as well. What's the opposite of um, a sheep? A uh, goat. A pig. A pig. Of course oh. it's a pig. Jesus, you just don't Dan. get this, do you, Dan? I come need on. kids, clearly. Right. Uh, what's the opposite of uh, a dolphin? An electric eel. Don't be silly. It's a whale. Shark. No, it's a shark. I, I, I'd take, I would take shark as well, yeah. Everything has got an opposite. Mm. Um, <coughs> what's the opposite of a cough? A sneeze. Exactly. Okay. Are you getting it now? Getting it. You're picking it up. Uh, what's the opposite of a mug? Uh, glass. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was thinking teacup. Yeah, cup is probably more, more likely. But uh, yeah, just everything has an opposite, even if uh, even if you don't think it would. Mm. Well, that was uh, an interesting diversion. Uh, we've been bollocking on for quite a long time now. Well, I mean, I have, and then I let you two your, say your something. Your San Andreas very quick. thing literally took twenty five minutes of you more. Yeah, did, which was quite impressive. It did take a lot longer than I'd expected. It was very nearly a minute-by-minute recounting of the film. Yeah, pretty much. And the best thing about that is I can't really edit it down. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. So uh, if you've got to this point, frankly, you deserve everything uh, you're going to get. The only other thing I would bring up is I think it's probably about time we created a um, podcast chimera. I don't understand what this is. It's a human-animal hybrid. Okay. Who are we hiring? Do you have any? Did you have any particular animal or human involved? Um, no. I'm happy. We, you know, just. It Can I throw this out there and veto any kind of pony, horse, or equine thing on so the basis you, of the horrors that Adam has introduced us to? So you don't want to make a centaur? No. Okay. Because Adam, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's it, you. 
the hybrid, the merging is done at sort of a DNA level, so it's not like um, a horse's head on a goat's body or something that which. Would... And you're not. We're not going to force you to bang anything. Yeah, and it, you don't. It's I'm not, not you're worried not... about anyone being forced to bang it. I'm worried about you wanting to, Adam. Frankly, well, no, Adam would just want to blow it up and shout Allah Akbar. What he's into now, isn't it? It's terrorist. Mm. Yeah, but I, I think you know we need to splice together the DNA of a human and just I don't know a monkey. I suppose is the obvious. Um, How about a gerbil? It seems small and non-threatening. No one's yeah. really what worked up about a human gerbil hybrid. It's not going to be the most um, imposing army, is it? Oh, are we creating an army? Oh, sorry, I thought that was uh, I thought that was a given. Well, I, I just assumed we were going to have something we'd troll around in a freak show and charge people money to look at. But right, um, no, you're coming to this from yeah, no, we're we're army, spying, okay, army, army. We're genetically uh, engineering super soldiers. I mean, I thought that was, I thought you understood that was the whole point of this. I'm um, I'm clearly off my game today. Uh, um, that's what we're going to use to stop Adam and his um his terrorist. Right. So ideally, it'd be something like a bear, so I could ride it whilst chopping down Adam in the street. It might be easier just to get your bear. Yeah. A bear would be pretty awesome, assuming I could get it to kill Adam and not me. I reckon I could fight a bear. I reckon, I reckon you could fight, fight a bear as well. Mm. I mean, no chance of winning. No, oh, absolutely no. I, I couldn't beat it. Uh, I could definitely beat a crocodile or an alligator. I don't know which is which. But it's really easy. You just hold their mouth. Like, you can hold their mouth shut with like two fingers. Yeah, but you have to can get you, to that point first. Can you really? Yes. Yeah, you can. They have incredibly weak muscles for opening their jaws. Yeah, they've got like Four tons of pressure closing them, but nothing opening. You can you can hold a crocodile's mouth shut with a rubber band, but you just have to get to the position where you can get a rubber band over its snout without it eating you first. Yeah, yeah aren't they surprisingly quick and surprisingly sneaky? Yes. Uh, yeah, but so am I. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think we've um, we've uh, kept these people long enough. Um. I'm trying to picture Chris listening to this in the bath and gradually sort of just falling asleep as the monologue goes on. Sinking which is probably slow, a bit dangerous. Sinking slowly under the water. So Chris, well, don't listen to all of this in one go. Well, it's too we, late now, isn't it? We, we probably yeah. have time for one more podcast. Chris, wake for, up! For the Christmas itself. Yeah, well, um, Dan is coming up here next weekend, so we yep. can... Um, I was thinking we'll probably go to the pub, get smashed, and then Skype you at about one o'clock in the morning. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, we expect that one to come out uh, week after next, and then that'll be it until the new year. It's a new 2016. season. 2016. Who'd have thought we'd live so long? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit weird. Pretty impressive, frankly. Yeah, well, we won't if Adam gets his way. Well, yeah. true. Um, but I mean, to be fair, like, probably not going to do anything on Christmas. Oh yeah. my god, I've just seen the best headline ever Stolen Circumcision Ambulance Found After Tip Off. And we'll leave you with that. Goodbye. Bye. The circumcision ambulance looks surprisingly awesome. Why um, is a, a circumcision ambulance? A is thing? it? I, I can only presume it's for people who have what attempted it at home. I and, like, have literally no idea. It was because a, it's a fucking Audi TT. What? What? I, look at the article. It's not something that you just like ring up and go. Excuse me, I I need a circumcision and I need it quick. Get the ambulance out to me now. It is unknown whether the vehicle used by a home circumcision service has sustained any damage. What What the fuck? Do you, like, just... Holy shit, I've still got the foreskin. Better call an ambulance. Like, you get, get home from the off. pub one night and you just decide... 
I know, I'm going to call for a pizza and a circumcision. Or while I'm waiting for the pizza, I'll just see what it's like to be circumcised. I'm really worried that one of us is actually going to do that next week. Like, by accident, speed dial the circumcision ambulance and wake up. With next so how the, f- how the hell do you get the circumcision ambulance to come out? Is it just on 999? Well, if it's a, pri- if it's a private service, then presumably you have to get their number. <laughs> Call them like they might. I don't know. Maybe they leave their cards lying around places, and you just pick it up. Maybe you can. I mean, you could Google it. I wouldn't recommend image searching, but well, they found it in a pub car park. So uh, all's well that ends well.